bulletin you can open up to the middle, and I can be taken out of the uh, monitors here if y'all are okay with that. <coughs> if you, uh, uh, Trent, Trent, will you turn the these lights on here, please, the ones right there? If you hadn't been with us in the last year, we're in Colossians, and we are in Colossians 2, and so... Uh, somebody tell me what Colossians 2, what's the main point Paul is saying? What's it about? Maturing in Christ. How to mature in Christ, all right? You're a Christian. Way to go. You made it. You've crossed over from death to life. You are now a child of God. You ha- your sins have been completely forgiven. We talked about that last week. Your sins have been, or a couple weeks ago, I guess. Your sins have been washed away. You've been forgiven. and uh, and And so... What do you do now with the rest of your life once you become a Christian? Now, let me say, none of this matters until you become a Christian, all right? So doing what I'm telling you to do, or what we're going to be talking about today, or not doing it, really doesn't matter if you're not, if you're not a Christian. If you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, you have not made Him, accepted Him, made Him your Lord and Savior, okay, then, then none of this matters. So that is, the, I hate to even say it's the first step, but that's, that's you being born again. You're not going to grow and mature until you're born. And so you need to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you've not done that. And so he can be, make you a new creation. I don't like this term, but if you don't do that, you're not going to make it to heaven. And by the way, we end up coming back to earth, but that's a different sermon. But you're not going to live with eternal life if you have not uh, made Jesus the Lord of your life. And let me just say again, Jesus is not fooled easily. Uh, I have misjudged relationships in my, in my time. I have thought that I was real close to somebody, and it turns out I really wasn't that close to somebody. I can be fooled. Uh, Jesus cannot be fooled. Uh, he, he knows if you're with him or not. He knows if you're one of his or not. So uh, playing the game, you may fool me, but you're not going to fool Jesus. He needs to be your Lord, and he needs to be your Savior. And if you have not received him and trusted him as those things, then you are not born again. But if you've done those things... You've done those things and you've been born again. What do you do now? You don't point back to the day that you were saved and baptized. You don't live the rest of your life going, you know, I can tell you now the time, I can tell you the day we used to sing. Um, now, nothing wrong with telling that, but, the, the, but your life is not what happened back then. It started back then, but you need to mature. You were born again at that time. But being born is not the end goal. Just like with a real live baby, being born is not the goal of that baby's life. That baby being born is the beginning of the life, but there's some maturity, some growing, and some things that need to happen when they get mature, when they grow. um, That is the point of life. And the same way with you, same way with us. So that's what Paul is talking about in Colossians. He's saying this is what you do as a Christian. This is how you live. And, uh, and, and so uh, this morning we're going to kind of talk about something that you don't 
go after. This, this is something that you don't uh, uh, follow to be mature in Christ, okay? Have you ever, um, have you ever, those of you who are parents or if you've ever been saying a little helper, um, you know that th- this term, some assembly required, some assembly required. Whoa, that's a terrible, I mean, it's, it's, it's an understatement. They should be, they should be forced to tell you on uh, the outside of the box how long it's going to take to put something together. They, they should put on it, hey, listen, buddy, don't even worry about it. If you don't have a master's degree in engineering, uh, you probably don't want to buy this toy, um, you know? Because that's a lot of stress. Those of you who have been there, it's a lot of stress when you got a time constraint and you got to get a toy put together. You know what I'm saying? Some assembly required. Um, but no matter how long it takes you to get that whatever it is put together, the point of the whole matter is not putting the thing together. What is the point of the matter? Playing with the toy. Working with it, all right? Um, keep that in mind as we read this. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Paul says, therefore, and he says, therefore, because you have all that stuff I just said, you've been born again, you are now in Christ, you have died with Christ in baptism, you've been raised with Christ in baptism, you, because you are a new creation, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. Okay, so um, how many of you, I just like in the past month, have been judged uh, by uh, about food and drink, or a festival, or a new moon, or Sabbath? Raise your hand if you've been judged in the past month about that. Okay, Sabbath. Okay, all right. So, so. I just want, so most of you didn't raise your hand. I just want you to know, there are people that judge you for those things. There are people, there, there are people around us that judge us for those things. Okay, and um, and 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 you may not be in contact with them, but I just want you to know you are being judged. People think poorly of you because we didn't come to church yesterday. We came to church today. In fact, let me just say that the I don't know if it's the fully accepted teaching of these groups, but it is definitely something that is taught um, publicly, widespread. You see billboards, by the way, with this on it. That the fact that we have chosen to worship God on Sunday instead of Saturday is the mark of the beast. That this is the mark of the beast. That's a good point. That's judging somebody based on a Sabbath. Okay? And what they would say is, God told you to rest on the Sabbath. Where did God tell us to rest on the Sabbath? Anybody know where God says rest on the Sabbath? Come on now. Somebody needs to know where God said rest on the Sabbath. Okay, Old Testament, where else? The law of Moses, where else? Yep, what else? What's in Exodus? Where does he say that? Ten Commandments. 
Ten Commandments. Here we go again. I'm going to get some stones. I had a, a figurative stone thrown at me one time for saying this. I did invite it, by the way. Let me just say, those of you who really believe that we're supposed to be living by the Ten Commandments should have been here yesterday. Now, we did have tables of meat, so some of you were here yesterday. So, so the command to worship and, and rest on the Sabbath is found in all that stuff y'all said. The law of Moses, the Old Testament, specifically, though, in the Ten Commandments. And again, bunch of Christians, bunch of Christians. Like, I would say the majority of Christians think that we're still living by the Ten Commandments, that you need to live by the Ten Commandments, and yet they go to church on Sunday and not Saturday. They cut their grass on Saturday. We, we, what we're saying when we say we believe you're supposed to follow the Ten Commandments and cutting the grass on Saturday is, I believe in some of the Ten Commandments but not all of them. I just want you to know the Ten Commandments was part of the law of Moses. And the law of Moses was given to the Israelites. And you're not an Israelite. It wasn't given to you. Does not mean the Ten Commandments are terrible. Okay, Ten, Ten Commandments are awesome. It's awesome. But it wasn't given to you if you're a Gentile. And it's not for you if you're a Gentile. You're still in somebody else's covenant if you think the Ten Commandments are for you. Does not mean God's good with you murdering or adultery. Does not mean God wants you to dishonor your mother and your father. Doesn't mean that he wants you to build an idol, a chisel and an idol out of stone. Doesn't mean he wants to take you to take his name in vain or to have other gods before him. That's not what it means that we're not under the Ten Commandments anymore. That's not what it means. doesn't mean that all that stuff in the Ten Commandments is good for us who are no longer under the Ten Commandments. It just means it's not good for us for a different reason than the fact that it's in the Ten Commandments. Okay? So what, what Paul says in... Colossians, and I didn't put this in your notes, I, I should have, but I, I want to take you back to verse 8. How easy is it to pull up verse 8? Okay, bring, bring chapter 2, verse 8. I just want you to get, get what, what Paul, the, this is kind of the context that Paul is saying what we just read. Uh, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, a way of teaching, a way of thinking, a, a mindset, an empty deceit, according to human tradition, According to the elemental spirits of the world, this is the key, and not according to Christ. Okay, that, that, that's the key, not according to Christ. The key is to know that what, whatever I'm supposed to do as a Christian needs to be done according to what Christ said, according to what Christ told me to do. That is our life as a Christian. So what my law is, whatever Christ told me to do. Whatever Christ said to do, and, and we learn that from the Gospels, and we also learn that from the Apostles, Paul, Peter, John. We learn that from, because, because Jesus told them, gave them the charge to teach us everything that he commanded. You remember that? Great Commission, going all the world, teaching what I, to observe what I've told you, Jesus said. That's what we have in the New Testament. So that's our covenant. It's a new covenant. Jesus, at the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper, he, he took it, he says, this cup is the, the new covenant in my life. The new covenant. Different covenant. Not the old covenant. The old covenant was not bad. The old covenant, by the way, was perfect. That's what it says. The law is perfect. The law was perfect. It was perfect. 
just didn't save you. It wasn't designed to. Didn't make you right with God. Wasn't designed to. It was perfect in that it got you to where you needed to be. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So I think what Paul is referring to here when he says food and drink, uh, festival and new moon, I think specifically what Paul is talking about is not don't let anybody judge you because you eat a barbecue sandwich at a youth, at a college fundraiser that, that's made out of pork. In other words, that's an unclean animal, uh, which is which according to the, the Old Covenant, the covenant God made, it's not even just the Old Covenant, it's the covenant God made with Israel. If you just think about that, in, instead of saying the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, just, just think of it as the covenant God made with Israel. That will help, I think, cure some of our false way of thinking. It's the covenant God made with Israel. In the covenant God made with Israel, he told Israel, don't eat pork, among other things. And so we're eating pork. We ate a lot of pork yesterday. We had some beef, best brisket I've ever had, by the way. But we had some good ribs. We had some good But according to the covenant God made with Israel, you you don't eat that. But we're not under that covenant because we're Gentiles, number one. Number two, there's a new covenant in Christ that we're able to be a part of. So I don't think he's talking about that. I don't think he's talking about it's okay to eat pork and shrimp. Did you know you couldn't eat shrimp in the, as a Jew? Crazy. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. God knew what he was doing when he told Israel that, by the way. But that's not our covenant. Now, so don't let anybody judge you in questions of food and drink. I really don't think he's talking about what you eat. And here, here's why. And I don't think he's talking about what you drink. In other words, don't judge me. I've had so many people say, you know, you know, Diet Sundrop's just like one molecule away from uh, you know, rat poison or something like that, you know? I'm like, don't judge me. <laughs> you might drink my Diet Sundrop. You don't know how much Mellow Yellow I used to drink. If, I, if you knew how much sugar I used to drink with Mellow Yellow, you'd be thankful I drink Diet Sundrop now. Um, but I don't think he's talking about that kind of judgment on, on food and drink. Because it's connected, food and drink, festival, new moon, or Sabbath. If you go to, to the, the, the covenant God made with Israel, specifically, and this is in a bunch of places. I mean, I, I'm not going to turn to all, but even in Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, uh, um, it, it, it talks about a lot. But Leviticus specifically talks about, here's what I think it is. I think it's talking about food offerings and drink offerings. In other words, what you would go to the temple and offer to God as a sacrifice or an offering. And if you if you go to Leviticus, whenever you would take, and by the way, a, a festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath, you would take you would take animals, you would go and you would sacrifice certain animals on these days. And and you would if you offered a, a animal, you had to provide grain. You had to give not just an animal offering, but you had to give a grain offering. And a drink offering, which was wine. So you'd add a certain amount of grain, uh, whatever it might be, and then you would add a certain amount of wine to your offering, and it would be offered on the altar. Okay? If you read through Leviticus, it says, you know, whatever this offering, along with its grain offering and drink offering, food offering and drink offering, is what I think he's talking about. Because it's connected to these things. All right? That does not mean 
we can't eat pork or, 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 you know, that Paul would say it's okay for people to judge us because we eat pork. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying right here I don't think he's talking about the fact that I can eat a barbecue pork sandwich and, 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 and Israel can't. I don't think that's what he's dealing with. Because of what he says next, he says these things in verse 17, these things are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. These things are a shadow of things to come. The substance belongs to Christ. Here's why I, I, I think he's talking about the offerings and the sacrifices made on those days is because those, liter- those are literally things that point us to the fact that Jesus is coming. Like Jesus literally fulfilled those offerings and those sacrifices that we are, that we are supposed to do. He literally fulfilled the food and the drink offerings. He literally fulfilled the feasts and the festivals. All right, when it says um, food and drink, with regard to a festival, if you don't know what that's talking about, it doesn't, it's not talking about our fall festival or, you know, the fact that we go to, I don't know, whatever, whatever it may be. Whatever festival you might, you know, go to, I don't know, what's another festival? Panoply. Panoply, a festival of arts, right? It's not what it's talking about. What? Wingfest. Missed it yesterday, but Wingfest. The, the festivals he's talking about are the literal the feast days of the Lord. How many know how many feast days of the Lord? Feast of the Lord. How many were there? Seven. Anytime you have a biblical question and ask how many there were, seven's not a bad answer. Seven. There were seven of them. Seven. All right? There were seven feasts of the Lord. That's what he says when he's talking about don't let anybody judge you because of a festival. What were the feasts of the Lord? First one, anybody remember? Passover. Secondly, Feast of Unleavened Bread started the day after Passover. Passover was the 14th of the month. Feast of Unleavened Bread started the 15th of the month. The next one, First Fruits. First Fruits. What would you say? <laughs> first Fruits. First Fruits was celebrated, get this, this is why we're here today and not yesterday, by the way, one of the reasons. First Fruits was celebrated the day after the Sabbath that came after Passover. Sabbath being a Saturday, by the way. Okay? So if Passover was on Monday, Feast of Unleavened Bread would start on Tuesday, and the Feast of First Fruits would have been Sunday. Didn't matter. So there wasn't a date for the Feast of First Fruits. It just happened the day after the Sabbath. And you celebrate it. It's a festival. And they would come together and they would, it was a big deal. You came to Jerusalem. You, it was a huge deal. All right? And, and God commanded them to do it. And God said, these are my feasts. My feasts. My festivals. So it's not like we just came up with these things, you know. Now, by the way, God never said you can't come up with other feasts. We, we get judged. We get judged for celebrating stuff that God didn't say we couldn't celebrate, by the way. But, but people that say, hey, these are the feast of the Lord, it does say that. So you got a feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, then the feast of first fruits. That's when Jesus rose again, by the way. I wanted to connect the dots. Jesus rose again from the dead on Sunday, first day of the week. First fruits. Which, why the first fruits? I mean, it's, something's coming. First fruits, there's more to come. It's the first fruit. And that first fruit means there's going to be a last fruit. There's going to be end fruit, right? Something's coming. That'd be you and me when we were raised from the dead. Okay? That's, ha- that's coming. Then the, then the next, the fourth feast, anybody know? 
Pentecost. <laughs> Keep saying it, you will be right eventually. Uh, Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Weeks, by the way, which was which was seven uh, Sabbaths or four, forty-nine days uh, after uh, Passover or first fruit. Forty-nine days after Passover. Forty-nine days after first fruit. Excuse me. Anyway, I don't know. I got confused. Well, you have to look that up. It's either after Passover or first fruit. But the Feast of Pentecost was the next one. Now, let me just ask you about those. Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and Pentecost. We know those, don't we? Because those are very prevalent in, in, in New Testament. Why? Jesus died on Passover. He was buried at dusk, coming into the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is death of the flesh, by the way, is what that talks about. He was raised on First Fruits. On the face of her, and the Holy Spirit came down. The church was born on Pentecost. The Spirit of Christ came down and was sent to the earth. So when when Paul says these things are a shadow, but the substance belongs to Christ, that's what he's talking about. Those feasts were given to point to something. They were not given just to be given. Now here's the deal: what when 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 God told the people of Israel to celebrate Passover. What did he tell them to do? Which direction did he tell them to point? Forward or backward? In the future or in the past? When you celebrate Passover, I want you to think about what? The past, right? I want you to think about what he did, how God delivered you, how God set you free, the miracles God did by delivering you from bondage. Remember that every time. Remember that. And they did that. But eventually there comes this thing where it's not only pointing back to something that happened, but it's also pointing forward to something that's going to happen. And the New Testament tells us that Jesus, our Passover lamb, was sacrificed for us. Jesus died on Passover because he's the Passover lamb. Jesus was the fulfillment. Jesus was the substance of why Passover in that festival was given. Okay? The festival was given to point to something that's coming. All four spring uh, uh, celebrations, festivals. There's three more that's left. These are the hard ones. You get extra credit if you know these. The next one to be fulfilled is, nope, but that's good. Nope, that's good. That's the same thing as Tabernacles, that's the same thing as Divine. We got, you're not alone. Booth is in there. Trumpets. Trumpet. Where are all you pre-tribulation rapture people? That's a big one for pre-tribulation rapture people. Feast of trumpets. The trump's going to sound and the dead will cross the robin. That's, that's why that's talked about. I'm not going, we're not talking about pre-mid-trib. We're not talking about that today. But there's coming up, there's a feast of trumpets. The next one is the, the, the day of atonement, which happens 10 days after the feast of trumpets. And the last one is, what's the last one, Devana? Feast of Booths, good job. You knew that. She was all over it from Passover. <laughs> the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles where you go and you build your own temporary dwelling. You stay. Okay. All those, all those are pointing to, to the fact that something's coming. And, and what Paul is saying is 
Jesus is the substance of all those things. Those are all things that are shadow. Nothing wrong with the shadow, but what does a shadow tell you? A shadow tells you there's something there. And if you're looking and you're seeing a shadow kind of moving around the corner, you think something's coming. Something's coming. That is what the festivals were. That is what the food offering and the drink offering were. They were something that pointed and said something's coming. Something's coming. Something's coming. Let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon. Why a new moon? Every time there was a new moon. By the way, that was the, 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 the uh, Israelite calendar was based on uh, the, the lunar um, um, pattern. That's a terrible word, but whatever. It, it, was, it, was, it was a lunar calendar. So it, it was based on the, the, what's the right word? The somethings of the moon, the phases of the moon. Thank you, phases of the moon. So every time there was a new moon, which, by the way, what's a new moon? How do you know it's a new moon? Huh? It's full? I think it's, it's, it's dark. There's no moon, right? Right? You don't see a moon. Is that right? You don't see the moon. That's a new moon. By the way, I don't know the spiritual significance of that. There's probably some. But either way, when they looked up and they could not see a moon, boom, new moon. That was a... The first day of the month, the head of the month, they would have to offer different sacrifices on that on that day. And what Paul says is those those sacrifices that Israel offered on that day were a shadow. They were something that said something's coming, something's coming. Specifically, someone's coming, but at least something's coming. But they were not the substance. And then the Sabbath. The Sabbath was one of the feasts of the Lord, by the way. If you look in Leviticus, it is listed as one of the feasts of the Lord. Leviticus 23, I think. When it lists all those other seven, the first one it lists is the Sabbath day. And guess what you did on the Sabbath day? Nothing. (laughs) You rested on the Sabbath day. You rested on the Sabbath day. And so the Sabbath was a festival. And what were the festivals designed to do? Point the finger to say something's coming. Something's coming. All of those things were created by God to tell us something's coming. They're all a shadow. They all have a substance, and those things are not the substance, is what Paul is saying. In other words, they pointed the finger to something that was coming, but they weren't what was coming. What was coming? Christ, who was coming? Christ. Jesus was coming, and Jesus, Paul says, is the substance, the substance of all those things. So, so we're, we're going to come back to that, but I just want you to get a, a clear point. Why was the law of Moses given in the first place? Now, listen, this is not an exhaustive list of reasons why the law. Okay, I'm not saying these are the only two things the law was designed to do, but I want you to see the main things, the main, most important things that, that the law of Moses, with all the rules and laws and Ten Commandments and festivals and feasts, all that, it was given for two main reasons to show that, number one, we need a Savior, or at least Israel needed a Savior. And then we learn from that. We need a Savior. 
How do we know? How does the law tell us we need a Savior? How does, how does the law of Moses say we need a Savior? Well, here's how it says you need a Savior. Because every day you're reminded that you're in big trouble, mister. Go back to the full house days. You're in big trouble, mister. Well, how does it, how does it remind us? Because every time I look towards that temple, there's smoke. And anytime there's smoke at the temple, you know what that means? There's meat on the grill. Such a good smell. God said it, I didn't. God said I love the smell. That smoke that's rising up from that temple every time you look at it screams the fact that you are guilty and sinful and your sin is a stench in my nostrils. And so I had to have something to die to cover up the stench of your sin. And every morning when you wake up, there's smoke. And every night when you go to bed, there's smoke. And every day there has to be a new offering. And every night there has to be a new offering. And that offering after offering, and in addition to the offerings that you brought on the new moons and on the festivals and all that, there's constantly smoke rising up that is screaming at you, you're guilty. You are a failure when it comes to following God. You can try all you want, but you are still a failure. Therefore, something had to die for your failure. So that smoke is offered continually, all the time. All the time. The law was given to make you know you are guilty and you are going to get what you deserve. And you deserve it. That's what it's designed to do. That was a point. It was created to do that. And we need a Savior. You're guilty, you need a Savior. If you're ever going to be God, you're going to have to have something that delivers you from the sinfulness that controls you. Secondly, that Savior that's coming is Jesus. Two things. We need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. How do we know? He died on Passover. He was raised on the Feast of First Fruits, or He was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He was raised on First Fruits. He sent His Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Jesus is the substance of those things. Jesus is the one. Not only that, listen to what what, what Moses writes, this is huge in understanding that even Moses knew the law of Moses was not forever. Even Moses knew, don't throw nothing at me, the Ten Commandments were not forever. It says in Deuteronomy 18.15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. I want you to see it's pointing to something in the future. Moses is. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. Jesus was born a Jew. It is to him you shall listen. Now, why does Moses say it is to him you shall listen? Who are they listening to right now? Moses. Moses was God's man. Moses was the mouthpiece of God for the people. Or Aaron, if you want to get that. But anyway, Moses was the guy. And Moses said there's coming a time when God's going to raise up somebody else. And when, they, when he does, you listen to him. Let that take your mind to the Mount of Transfiguration where Peter, James, and John are there. I know we've talked about this, but I want you to see the connection. Peter, James, and John are with Jesus on this mountain, and, and they look up, and there is Moses and Elijah and Jesus standing there. Moses and Elijah and Jesus. Peter looks up and goes, this is awesome. What, what I need to do, I'm going to build a house. I'm going to build a, a booth. 
been a, a, a temporary place where they can stay and get in the shade here. And all of a sudden, a cloud, a bright light shines around them, a cloud. And you've got Moses, who's the law, and, 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 and Elijah, who's the prophets. And this light shines. And all of a sudden, this voice comes and it says, this is my beloved son. God says it, by the way. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And they open their eyes, and there's one guy, not three, and that one guy is not Moses, and it's not Elijah. It is Jesus. That's the fulfillment. Moses is a shadow. What's Mo- Mo- Moses saying is a shadow. It's pointing to something that's coming in the future. Jesus is the substance. He's the fulfillment. So he said, let's go to verse um. 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth. It's not Jesus talking. It's God talking through Jesus. I will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak to them all that I command him. Do you remember Jesus saying, I don't speak on my own authority? And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak, I myself will require it. I'm going to get him. He's, he's, He's done for. He's in trouble. Whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks, let me just say, that's exactly what Paul means when he says, don't follow anything that's not according to Christ. Because if you follow something that's not according to Christ, you're going to something that's pointing to it instead of the thing that it was pointing to. And that is like building this great thing, following the instructions and getting it built, and then the rest of your life following the instructions. And never playing with, utilizing what was built. We've got a couple of swings in our yard that we put together. Winter helped me a lot. Some of you may have helped to put it together. I can't remember. It had some assembly that was required. It was built. But once we got it built, guess what we did with the instructions, the directions of how to put it together? We threw them away. Why? We didn't need the instructions anymore. Might would have been wise to keep some of the extra parts, but that's neither here nor there. We threw the instructions away, and you know what we did when we got it built? We swing, and it's awesome. It's a very comfortable swing. Zero gravity swing. All right, get it. Following the law of Moses. Now that Christ has already come, is like building the swing and living your life, studying those directions. Oh, I need to get as much as these directions. And Paul's like, listen, the, the swing is there. The, the directions were awesome. That swing would not be here if it weren't those directions. Wouldn't be right if you didn't follow those directions. Those were great. There was nothing wrong with those instructions, but those instructions are not what it's all about. The swing. Enjoy the swing. Enjoy the swing. Well, I got a lot more, but I'm not going to get to it. (laughs) I'm going to close with two more analogies. Two more analogies. These scriptures, by the way, that are in your bulletin, look at them. They say that, they say what, I got to read this one. I got to read it. Romans 10.4. Romans 10.4. 10.4, good buddy. For Christ is the end of the law. That word end doesn't necessarily mean, well, let me just tell you what it means instead of what it doesn't mean. 
The end is in your notes, by the way. It's the Greek word telos. It means the consummation. The end goal purpose. Christ is the end goal purpose of the law. Christ is the end goal purpose of the law. The law was given to carry you to Christ, but now Christ is here. You don't follow the law anymore because you've got Christ who is the goal of the law. You got the swing. Seeking to follow the, the law of Moses after you become a Christian, after you're following Christ, is like following Google Maps to the beach. We're not for Google Maps. I'd never. I don't know how y'all made it to the beach without Google Maps. I, regular map, physical map. There ain't no way. You can't drive safely and follow that. Okay, your map quest. We're gonna say that map quest. But even further back. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Following the law. I'm telling you, this is what Paul says for Christians. Trying to follow the law of Moses. The law that God gave to Israel after Christ is here is like following Google Maps to the beach and you get to the beach and you get to that beach house or that condo and and you've got a week vacation and you spend that week vacation following Google Maps to try to get to the beach. You're at the beach. The goal of the map was to get you to the beach so that you could enjoy the beach. Enjoy the beach. Well, no, no, but these instructions, I would never have gotten to the beach if it wasn't for these instructions. i got to find out more. i got to follow these. You're right. They're great instructions. But you made it to the beach. Now, you might need them to get home. But even still, the goal of them is not to follow them the rest of your life. It's to get you where you need to be. It's the, po- it's the shadow that points to the substance. Last thing, Dollywood. I love Dollywood. I, 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 mean, I, I think I would probably still love Opryland if it was still here. So Dollywood's the closest we can come to it, I think. That's all I wanted to share with you. All right, let's close. I'm just kidding. No, Dollywood. You ever been to Dollywood? Same with Opryland. Wherever you go. You go to Dollywood. You go and you park your car, and you go and you get in this little queue waiting for the, the parking lot tram. Right? Parking lot tram. Awesome. Great idea, by the way. So I don't have to walk 100 miles to get to Dollywood. All right? So let's say you go you go to Dollywood, you park your car, you get in line for the tram, you get on the tram, and the tram rides you past all those other cars that probably paid more than you did so they could get a good parking place. And it brings you to the entrance of Dollywood, and instead of getting off the tram, you just stay on the tram. And you just decide to spend your day riding that parking lot tram. Now, now here's, the, here's why you should ride the parking lot tram. The parking lot tram is amazing, isn't it? Did you know there's somebody driving the parking lot tram all day long? All day. Even after the park closes, there's somebody driving the parking lot. Why would Dolly go through all the trouble of having a parking lot tram and having it running all day if it wasn't for you to ride the parking lot tram? Doesn't it make sense that Dolly would want you riding the parking lot tram all day if she's running it all day? She's running it all day. Why not ride it all day? And then riding and you're hearing, and you're going, they're wasting their time. 
What Dolly really wants them to do is to ride this parking lot trail. How do you know? Look at it. Look at it. It's running all day. It's going. All day long it's moving. It's going. This is what Dolly intended when she built Dolly World. It had to be because it's, it's awesome. No, Dolly built the trail to get you from your car to the front entrance so that you could get out and go in and enjoy Dolly World. The law was given to get you to Christ, to get you to the entrance, the door, the gate. But now that you're at the gate, praise God for the parking lot trail. But your life is not about riding the parking lot trail. There's a whole theme park to enjoy that Dolly created and created the parking lot tram in mind for. We got to get people to the front door before they can enjoy the theme park. The law is the parking lot tram. Get off the parking lot tram. God has something amazing for you. The reason. Now, here's it. Maybe we're not as loud screaming like they are riding the roller coaster. Maybe that's why people don't, don't know. But I just want you to know, Jesus is awesome. and He don't need anything else to be awesome or more awesome. Jesus is awesome. The law was given to get you to Jesus. But now that Jesus is here, the law, the law is, again, not bad, not wrong. It fulfilled its part perfectly. It got us to Jesus. And it got Jesus here. But now that Jesus is here, enjoy Jesus. Live for Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Go after Jesus. You will not miss out going after Jesus. There will not be a time where you go, you know what, maybe I missed something because I didn't live by the law. No, 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 you got Jesus. Like he's better than the law. He's better. He is the substance, the law is a shadow. I know those of you who fill in the blanks <coughs> that are unfilled in want to know. So, first of all, I just told you one. The law is a shadow, but Christ is the substance. Again, remember the shadow says something's coming. Christ is who's coming. If you read the Old Testament, the, te- the, 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 the law God gave Moses, read it with the understanding of God. I want to see how it pointed to Jesus. That's fine. That's good. Nothing wrong with you ever want to know how something was put together? You ever watch anybody like a a, 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 a nerd and watch the, and you know, the do-it-yourself, the, how, how it works, how stuff works, and see how it was made? How's it, I mean, that's, that's, all, that's okay. You can do that. Nothing wrong with that. As long as you know it's not all about how it's made, it's about what was made. That's the goal. The goal is what was made. The goal is what was made. And then the last one is what made you a good Israelite does not make you a good Christian. You could be an awesome Israelite and not be a Christian. <clears throat> Reason I'm sharing this, there are people that want you to follow the law of Moses. There are people who will judge you for not being at church on yesterday and, and being here today. And I want you to say, I want you to know that that's a shadow. What they're following is a shadow. It's a shadow. There's no substance to it. It just pointed. It's just a shadow. Thank God for the shadow, but the substance. Next time somebody judges you for not obeying the law of Moses. (laughs) 
if the ushers would come forward with uh, communion. I think that means it's it's over. <laughs> See the dolphin. <laughs>